G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Let's turn our attention to something that as a Christian you'll be intensely interested in because as we'll know from the Bible, it's appointed to all of us to one day be on our deathbed. One day our time will be up and we'll be passing from this life into eternity. For some of us, there'll be an incredible amount of pain and suffering that will happen in that time. As a Christian, we want to be able to know how we deal with that. Well, let's talk about some of these things today when it comes to issues around palliative care and how we might be cared for or how our parents or grandparents might be cared for in their dying days. Kerry Ann Dooley is a sessional academic at ACU in the School of Nursing, Midwifery and Paramedicine. She's also Director of Nursing for the Banyans Health Plus, a former Vice President of Palliative Care Queensland and Managing Director of My Care Enterprises, who provide in-home palliative, aged and disability care. Kerry Ann, welcome back to 2020. Oh, thanks, Neil, for having me back. It's great to be here. Kerry ann let's talk about pain. None of us wants to experience it, but we know in the back of our mind, and we do try and shuffle it away from time to time, but we will all find ourselves at some point on our deathbed and will be likely suffering some level of pain. How do you describe the sort of pain that people go through at the end of their life? Yes, it's a holistic view of pain is that for some people they do have physical pain but then there's also emotional pain, social pain, spiritual pain and you know we call that existential pain and for some of my patients that I've cared for at the end of life that physical pain can actually be increased because they've got unresolved issues, it might be unforgiveness or things that they've done in their past that they feel guilty for or remorseful for and I think for all of us at the end of our lives we're looking back with a telescope and thinking of things that we could have done better and so that also causes a degree of existential pain or spiritual pain and to deal with that you can't use medication as a nurse and working in in palliative care there's a lot of medication that can assist with that physical pain but how do we deal with that spiritual and existential pain? And that's certainly the domain of ministers and pastors and, and people of faith that can pray with people at the end of life. Um, interesting, the history of palliative care, Neil, goes back um, to the the nuns and uh, l'hôtel de Dieu in France, they used to have hotels of God where churches were actually palliative care units or hospices where people who were dying, uh, the community would bring them to the church and they saw it, um, hospice means your journey, your soul 
um, the journey to God and palliative care comes from pallium, the Latin word, which means to cloak or to cover symptoms. And so I think now we've seen palliative care become very medical uh, orientated, but we also need to look at those spiritual questions and, and pain and suffering that people are going through at the end of life. This comes beyond the voluntary assisted dying euthanasia style legislation that's in in your state in Queensland and other states around Australia too. But it does seem to be that when those sorts of things have been rushed through our parliaments and euthanasia has come in, it's tried to deal with what people might think about the physical pain of dying. But these other things are largely neglected. And if you're talking emotional and spiritual pain, how do you put your finger on what that actually means and how you care for it in the end of lifetime? Well, if people are fortunate enough to get access to specialist palliative care, certainly there is an opportunity and of. You know, they're offered services and if you have a certain faith, you know, they might call the Catholic priest to come or, you know, there might be um, chaplaincy in the hospital where you might be getting care. Um, but I think as a community more broadly, we need to have those conversations and be a little more comfortable with death and dying and supporting our neighbours who you know might be um, at, at, at end of life and what we can do as a community to support, um, be it you know taking around a, um, a hot meal for a, a family who might be getting at that stage, um, offering you know to drop off Christian CDs so they can play music at, at the end of life. So I think it's it's an all of society and all of community thing, but certainly specialist palliative care. If you have access to it, um, they do focus on on spiritual care um, and do offer chaplaincy. So spiritual care is on offer when palliative care is being offered to you. And I know last time we spoke, we said it's not quite so easily available if you're in the bush, a little more available if you're in the city. But come back to the faith element here Kerry Ann, because what value is there in having a strength to your Christian faith before it comes to a time to die? Have you noticed in people that when they've had a lifetime of faith, uh, that they're expectant to be able to come through these things and into the hands of you know, the Lord of glory in a, in a much more significant way? Oh, absolutely. And I can attest to that having cared for hundreds at the end of life and seeing the difference of having a faith and a belief in God um, welcoming you um, into the afterlife. And you, I can see it. I've seen it on some people's face. It's like a translation. They don't really die. They, they're translated into glory. Um, yeah, my... Um, my godfather died like that, it, you know, with his whole family around singing worship and he just passed into glory. You could just see the peace in his face. And in contrast to those that have no faith or even profess to be agnostic or atheists who often do die uh, a more painful death. And uh, that that's a broad generalisation, but I've certainly seen those who have a faith and a confident faith 
that they um, are going to a better place, that there's more peace and less pain. Kerry ann how do you deal with the issues of uh, not only your relationship with God, uh, but a lot of people too have a break in their relationships with their own family, and perhaps there's a connection between the two. How do you deal with those issues when someone is at the end of their life? Well, certainly as a nurse and someone that has the opportunity to be with people weeks, sometimes months, and sometimes even just a couple of days before they're dying, um, talking about are there people you need to make peace with or reconcile with before you die. So there are um, opportunities to have those conversations and we call that advanced care planning. And, you know, I can't be a counsellor or a psychologist, but sometimes we do need to refer them to for professional counselling or to a social worker to track down family members. Um, do we have time for um, a beautiful story? I had a, a, a lovely lady that I cared for um, many years ago now, but she um, had married, never had children and just wanted to die at home with her husband and her cats. And she was having excruciating pain on a scale of 1 to 10. She'd say it's 12 out of 10. And as she was getting closer, I said to her, I'll call her Rose, um, protecting her identity, and and said, you know, is there any other family members that you'd like us to contact? And she said, oh, I have a sister. We had an argument about something stupid 27 years ago, and I don't even know where she is. But yes, if there's any way of tracking her down, she's one I would like to have a conversation with. And so we got the social worker on to tracking her down and she was able to speak to her and reconcile and the next time I visited her and asked on a scale of 1 to 10, you know, where's your pain today, um, she rated it 0 out of 10 and that just convinced me as a young nurse of that existential spiritual pain that impacts on physical pain and by having that conversation and reconciling with her sister it had a direct impact on her physical pain, reducing it. So that saying, Neil, you've heard it, we've all heard it, making peace with God and your fellow man or fellow person, it's um, it's very true. And I've heard deathbed confessions, many of them, um, people wanting to make things right before they die. Powerful, even profound, the way you describe that, Kerri-Ann, because we might anticipate that if there is pain that we're suffering, and it might even not be right at the end of life, could be pain that we're going through for all sorts of physical ailments now. But physical pain, it sounds to me like you're saying, it's worse if you've got unresolved issues. So if you resolve the issues, deal with the emotional and the spiritual pain, then the physical pain's a lot easier to deal with. Yes, and there's a lot of research to support that now. Um, there's... In America, I can't think of the name of the organisation, but they were even looking at the impact of forgiveness on health and how the power of forgiveness can see stomach ulcers healed and all manner of um, physical ailments that are as a result of bitterness and unforgiveness. Um, if I find that organisation, I'll send you the details, but it, it is... Um, widely reported and 
the whole notion of holistic pain management. It's not just looking at the physical, but the deeper underlying issues. Well, I know you are an advocate for raising the budget for looking after people in their dying days, uh, palliative care it's called, and you are wanting people to join you on a journey there where you're lobbying, especially your state government in Queensland, uh, to raise how much they spend on palliative care because uh, they're way, way underfunding palliative care as it is. And it almost looks like euthanasia has become the excuse you can have for not raising the budget. To connect mm. with you, Kerry ann I'll point people to your website, mycareenterprises.com.au. Uh, you are the Managing Director of My Care Enterprises. You're providing in-home palliative, aged and disability care, mycareenterprises.com.au. Listeners might well want to connect with you and join you in your campaign to get government funding raised in this very crucial area of palliative care. Kerry Andouli, thanks so much for joining us today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Great to chat. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.